Hear ye, hear ye, word nerds. Be forewarned that this podcast contains body language of the modern and early modern varieties, so plan your listening accordingly. Or don't. That's a choice that you can make, but don't say we didn't warn you. Jess, I want you to tell me why we're not having dinner together tonight. Uh, um, because I'm super swanky and important, and I set up a dinner with people that I'm a big fan of, uh, but also because I'm on Twitter, and I got hooked into the SAA Ally program, so that's not my fault. Yeah, so I'm just, you know, by myself, alone in a sea of 1,500 people. Thank God for Joey Gamble. I mean, always thank God for Joey Gamble because he's a goddamn gift, but yeah, I feel you, girl. to the Hurly Burly Shakespeare Show. We are your hosts, Jess Hamlet and Aubrey Whitlock. And together we are Whamlet. And this week we're talking about the Shakespeare Association of America conference. Yeah. Not a play at all. Nope, not a play at all. Most weeks we discuss a different play by our favorite guy, William Sheila Shakespeare. I like the alliteration there. Uh, At what we like to call the 101 level. Yeah, that's, you're going to get everything you need to know about a play and its major themes, but this week we're not going to do that. <laughs> this week we are debriefing on uh, the question mark biggest Shakespeare conference in the world, probably, that happens every year. And we just got back from it. I just got mm-hmm. back yesterday. Yeah, I got back on Saturday. <laughs> I've got a, a day on you, but... yeah. Two days. Two days. Oh, right. Yeah, that's right. Today is Tuesday. Thank you. (laughs) I know what day it is. I know what time means. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So we're going to talk about that. So let's talk about that. Do let's. All right. So SAA 2019. Just tell the people what it is. Yeah. So it's the Shakespeare Association of America. Every year we have a conference and we get together and we talk about Shakespeare I don't know like I don't know how to explain it it's a bunch of nerds in a room for four days um, exchanging ideas and talking to each other and their papers and panels and uh, like extra events like movies and play readings and Shakespeare yoga in the morning (laughs) and there's a book exhibit and I didn't go to the yoga. Did you ever go to the yoga sessions? No. Like, because, how is it Shakespeare yoga? Is yeah, it just yoga? Yeah. Like, so it's the way I understand it is it's just like it's yoga, but with a Shakespeare soundtrack. So, oh, like, fun. they play, I don't know, like Cy No More and. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I mean, they that's do. That's cool. All right. Yeah. Cool. Because um, it's at seven and I. Yeah love myself and you know was at the bar most nights until midnight so (laughs) yeah I was not gonna do that all it's a great idea and I know some people really enjoyed it but I was not gonna do that either I was gonna sleep in yes what I was gonna do girl preach yeah (laughs) and I didn't even stay out like you did I'd like turned in like an old lady at about 9 30 both nights (laughs) you made the right choice I'm (laughs) I'm still recovering from the madness that is the madness yeah yeah so that's what it is i guess what it is so the next question is why do we care why should anyone care 
Yeah. Um, well, what I took away from it, um, and this was my first SAA, so oh, I was like right. super overwhelmed most of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, just just at the enormity of it, you know. It's a big like, conference. Twelve hundred people. Yeah. That's a fucking lot of people. Twelve hundred. And that's like, not even the entire membership. Right, yeah. And that's like four times as large as Blackfriars. That's like four times as many people that Blackfriars can even fit into it when we do yeah. the Blackfriars conference every other year. So I'm pretty sure that twelve hundred is more under more than the number of undergrads at Mary Baldwin. Yeah, it is. I think you're right. <laughs> so, yeah, I think you're right. It's a lot of people. It's a lot. It's a lot of people in one hotel yeah. talking about it. So for me though, like um, you know, being on the on, more on the practitioner side of it, because um, I know many of the people in the room are fellow educators, usually yeah. higher, high upper division, you know, yep. college level educators. Um, so there's that there's that common ground. But very few people that were there, you know, act or direct mm-hmm. or are on that side of of things in terms yeah. of Shakespeare. It's a it's lot not... of literature and English and history and. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's that. It's not. It's not a practitioner conference, right? They have STA and Astra for that, right? Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. So, but you should care because, well, one, if you're even tangentially part of that community, um, mm-hmm. even if you're not deep in it the way Jess is, um, I I feel like I'm on the periphery of the community. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. in in a lot of ways, I'm on the periphery. And so even if you are on the periphery, I think it's a really great time, just like four intense days of sharing ideas, getting new mm-hmm. readings of plays, mm-hmm. looking at text in a new way. Sometimes it's applicable for people like me. Sometimes it's something I can use and like mm-hmm. put on stage or put in a lesson plan or whatever. And other times it's just exploring big ideas and, and yeah. sitting with them. And that's okay too, you know, yeah. but it's a way for, for all of us to come together and, um, and know that you're not alone. You're in a vast web of people teaching the same and you know wrestling with the same subject matter that you are all over the country all over the world you know so it's like any any conference for any subject really that's what that's about is yeah congregating and like feeling your community you know yeah it's network it's community it's fellowship it's yeah. exchange of ideas is yeah. what it is yeah and it's, it's furthering the conversation yeah it's my favorite time of year you know yeah yeah I, so yeah that is why you should care about it. Um, yeah. And that is why so many people at the conference take the time to put those ideas out there through social media for those who can't attend and like mm-hmm. document it in other ways or just document ideas that they think are worth sharing and remembering, you know? So let's let's talk about what we did and what we liked. Tell us about your favorite thing, your, the highlight yeah, video. Yeah, yeah, so, uh, I, I have a favorite paper, which perhaps unsurprisingly, uh, was delivered by our dear friend, Joey, Joey Gamble, who you might remember from the, uh, Galatea 101 episode. It was so Um, good. His paper was was so good. So good. Yeah. So, uh, Joey's paper is pulled out of his dissertation. Um, and the, the talk itself was titled how much sex had lady Macbeth, which is a riff on a very famous, uh, scholarly article called how many children had lady Macbeth that sort of explores is, is she a mother? Did they have children? You know, did the, 
the child come from a previous marriage or was it born to the Macbeths? And it's like a whole thing. Very sort of landmark piece of scholarship. Um, And Joey was sort of riffing on that and uh, exploring Lady Macbeth and Cleopatra and Desdemona, question mark, a couple Mm -hmm. of Shakespeare's women and how they talk about their sex lives or lack of them. How, How in the plays women are speaking about sex and ideas related to sex really brilliant brilliant talk you know opening up um new avenues of inquiry and illuminating the ways that the early moderns thought about how to have sex and if you remember from joey's episode with us he he talked a little bit about the idea of a sex manual um and his whole dissertation is like how how did people actually learn the physical mechanics of having sex um which is brilliant and he's brilliant so this was a big deal because joey is still a graduate student saa does this thing every year it's called the next gen plan the next generation plenary session um where five people who are either very recently graduated or just about to graduate can submit and um, they get to deliver a, a paper at the the meeting and there is nothing else scheduled at that time so everybody can go and it's a really great opportunity for up and coming scholars so I'm so thrilled it's great exposure yeah I was so so thrilled first of all for that accomplishment and then second of all that he delivered such a wonderful paper and he's such a dynamic gregarious charismatic speaker he's so enthusiastic and clearly loves his work um and sort of the audience just like went with him he just yeah. swept us up and carried us along and we were so into it and like laughing and having a good time and you know he's a great writer and a great speaker um and so handsome so very very handsome <laughs> uh so that was a, a a wonderful thrilling moment for me is you know someone i love to see them succeed on that scale the other thing that was like the best part for me this was this is, I think, my fourth SAA, maybe my third. I've stopped counting. Um, but this was absolutely the best one I've ever had by far. And it was because I got to meet basically all of my heroes, like all of them. And I had, I had, I have, I'm, you know, in my first SAA, I kind of like went and stood on the periphery and was like scared baby grad student. And I was with my friend Haley, who like knew some other grad students. And I just like clung to her the whole time. Um, but now I'm motherfucking Jess Hamlet and people know me and I know people. Um, but the people I don't know, I have no problem introducing myself. So for the first time, I got to meet people like Christina Alfar, whose work has been instrumental in the work that I do on The Winter's Tale, and Lori Newcomb, who we talked about in our 201 Winter's Tale episode. She wrote the book yeah. on Pandosto. Um, and Joyce McDonald, who is one of the foundational uh, people in sort of early modern race studies. And Fran Dolan, who is... I'm the Bruce Springsteen of <laughs> early modern women Shakespeare, like her book, Dangerous Familiars. If you don't know it, get it and know it. It's it's field changing. Um, Stephen Guy Bray, who is like Twitter's gay dad. Um, he's amazing on Twitter and so generous to up and coming scholars. Um, and it was thrilling to meet him and Curtis Perry, who has also been really, um, 
foundational to some of the work that I do and just like so on and so on and so on and so on and so on. Uh, you know, people like Lars Engel and Eric Marasmussen who are co-editors of some like super, super big textbooks, I not textbooks, but like, um, Lars and Eric both were co-editors on the Norton anthology of early modern drama. That's not Shakespeare. Um, one or both of them, I think is also an editor on the Norton. I met Emma Smith, the Emma Smith in an elevator. She's the world's leading expert on folios, basically. Like she wrote the book on folios. Um, and the, one of the most recent times they found the, the three volume folio that they found in like an Island off the coast of France or whatever, um, they called her to be like, can you authenticate this for us? And she did. And I just like, I met her. She was just like in an elevator and was like, hi, I'm Emma Smith. And I was like, ah, oh, sorry, you, you're so, <laughs> um, yeah, it was thrilling. It was really just, it was lovely to see these people. And, you know, about half of the people that I was just like, was like, hi, I'm Jess Hamlin. I love your work. Please know me. Um, about half of them already knew me just based on Twitter or my work that's already out there in the world, um, which is like doubly exciting. So I loved Joey's paper and I loved the networking and that's what I loved. Yeah. And to give the listeners a picture of how SAA went in terms of Jess and Aubrey together, Mm -hmm. which was actually very a rare occurrence. We were like, it's such a huge conference and we had different things to do. And like, we were not together that often. But every time we were, somebody would walk by and Jess's jaw would drop and be like, do you know who the fuck that is? That's so and so. And I'd be like, okay, that's great. Why do I know that name? (laughs) Most of the time, that is what would happen. And then it'd be like, oh, that person wrote the textbook that we literally read in class or this person did such and such work. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, you know, I'm at that again, first time SAA. Yeah. Not first time to conferences. I should know who some of these people are because they show up at Black Forest Conference too, but I don't and I just don't pay attention. So like, so it's, it was a lot of Jess like fangirling and pointing out cool people and being like oh my god look it's that person and I'd be like that's nice who's that person Mm. (laughs) and that's how it mostly went except Mm -hmm. I finally got introduced to Tiffany Stern formally (laughs) which made me feel great yeah finally because I've loved her from afar for so long yeah (laughs) and admired her work so that was awesome um yeah, and, and getting to meet some cool people. And I, w- I will say that Joey's paper was a highlight for me, too. It was mm-hmm. one of the more enlivening speech. Uh, oh, yeah. He's speeches. He's an excellent presentations. speaker. Yeah. 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 Because uh, some, sometimes, you know, even, at, at, and I've experienced this at every conference, it's like you can have really cool material, but sometimes, man, sometimes it just comes off as super dry and like, yeah. oof, not, well, I'm you not know, there for it. You're just reading a paper. You know? It's not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Joey it's found an art a form. way. Yeah, he found a way to make it engaging and funny yeah. and like wake people up, and it was great. Yeah. It was really, really great. Yeah. So what what was your favorite? Apart from Joey's, um, yeah. which I felt like after I met him, like I had a very personal stake in yeah. you know, seeing his paper, which again was another kind of funny meet cute. I met him at the the social thing where like the first night Thursday night everyone descends on this ballroom and it's like appetizers and drinks and stuff Mm -hmm. and I was so lost I was looking I'd lost my boss I had lost Jess I had lost everyone no one was around and I see Joey Gamble walk by and I went Joey Gamble and he Mm -hmm. turned like a deer in headlights and he went oh oh and it took him a minute to figure out who I was and I was like Joey save me I'm all alone (laughs) um (laughs) uh so that was fun 
and silly. Um, but he's a I, deer. Yeah, but um, the other panel that I loved and the paper yeah. in that panel that I yeah. loved was um, David Sterling Brown's paper on white hands and other race plays. Um, I mean, just snaps for that. I mean, yeah. First of all, incredible. it was such a good paper. It was so, mm-hmm. so good. And and talk about a, the art to the presentation, too. Like, his presentation, you know, he told everybody at the outset, like, you know, look less at me and more at the PowerPoint mm-hmm. because I want you to see mm-hmm. these images and, like, take them in while you hear my words. And, and you know, he, he had these images mostly of, like, white hands and white women. It came down to really to that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, ultimately the conclusion of all of it was... Shakespeare's plays that have black and brown people in them are not the only quote unquote race plays we should be teaching. Basically, absolutely. Everything is a race play. Yeah. And if you say it's not, you're privileging all the white characters in all of the other plays. And that was the ultimate conclusion, which was like such a it feels like such a simple thing to know. But then to have somebody like say it specifically and encourage everyone to think of all plays as race plays and decentralize whiteness, because mm-hmm. once you do that, it's true. Every play is a race play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I think this maybe is also something theater practitioners have known for a while because of cross, you know, interracial casting and race conscious casting and like kind of learning that every production is certainly a racial production and but even so like being aware of it putting words on it um being specific about it I think is really important both in academic and theatrical circles um and he did that and on top of that sorry Paul Menzer but David Sterling Brown's fashion sense definitely gives you a run for your money. Like he is a sharp dressed man. Oh, he is um, so fine. In those three piece suits. He is so cute. Oh, um, he but, is a man, handsome and, man. Yeah. And you know what? And just props to like the gents in general. Um, mm-hmm. Because, you know, there's this, like, unspoken rule, especially for women, and women, Mm -hmm. we know this, Mm -hmm. that, you know, you're supposed to dress your best, dress to impress at a conference like this. Um, And I saw many, many men doing the same thing this Mm -hmm. time, which I Mm -hmm. appreciated a lot. I just appreciated it. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot of people are up in their game. It's not just Paul and Jeremy and Matt. Right, yeah. Paul Paul Menzer. Jeremy Lopez, Matt Kazusko, who are always the best dressed men at any Shakespeare conference. Um, Pretty much anywhere, generally. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> but yeah. yeah, just like in life. Um, yeah. And now. But they're in like, their three piece suits and their sharp looking shoes and their good yeah. hair. And like they've got competition now. And yeah. David Sterling Brown is leading that charge for the mm. young people. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. And he's so kind as well as yeah. smart and handsome. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed was on the very last day, uh, was a, in my notes, it says white supremacy workshop, but that sounds really ominous and misleading for what it actually, it was not a, a workshop on white supremacy. Oh, I'm so jealous you got to go to that. That was the same time as my seminar, so I couldn't go. The, the official title is teaching the pre-modern in a time of white supremacy. And and it was all about, and I just audited, you know, cause this was in this particular workshop, it was one that. The participants had done the pre-work and then they got together to discuss it kind of in a fishbowl setting with a bunch of people listening in on, on their work and what they did. Yeah. Um, uh, but basically they were meant to 
uh, take a syllabus of a class they were currently teaching or would be about to teach and work on how to decentralize um, Western European white narratives from their literature class or history class or whatever class they brought. So there was a lot of talk around, you know, decentralization and about bringing in um, other narratives and and also also just on a really practical level, like what to do when you're you encounter like white supremacy in your classroom. Uh, and a lot of the teachers in that workshop, uh, a lot of the professors taught it very lily lily white, um, rich, you know, private schools in conservative parts of this country. And so that was a very real, uh, real thing for them. Um, and many, many listeners in. And let me tell you, that workshop, for being the last day of the, and in the last hour, it was like from four to six on Saturday yeah. at the end of SAA, and people are like dying. Mm-hmm. Uh, that room was packed. Yeah, it was it, the one to, to go to. to the gills. Because what? That was Dorothy Kim and Ayana. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, Ayana actually was not there. She should have been. Oh. Her name tag was there. Um, but she was herself not there. But huh. Dorothy Kim was there. Uh, the other facilitators were uh, Holly Dugan oh, and sure. uh, Reginald Alfred, um, mm-hmm. who who were great, really, really mm-hmm. great at facilitating and had, um, I think, probably the most illuminating thing was something that uh, Reggie Alfred said. Because um, everybody kind of, you know, went around and introduced themselves and their, circum- their teaching circumstances. Um, and a lot of them also expressed fear about decentralizing the Western canon because mm-hmm. of job insecurity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they were like, well, you know, if we are too subversive, go against the curriculum too much, make too many waves too soon, like this is, you know, this will um, affect whether I'm hired again. My my um, professorship is contingent and I don't have yeah. tenure. Um, and, and the thing is, is that um, Reggie heard everybody um, and he is an African-American man and he's clearly an OG in what he does. He's, you know, been around forever. But he just looked around at everybody who mostly white people in this workshop and he was like, "Well, great. Um I hear you about the about the job insecurity, but also please know that what you're feeling right now is a battle that's been going on for scholars and professors of color for decades now." Um, so welcome to the struggle, mm-hmm. but also, but he said the the coolest thing was that he was like, also, these people are resources for you now. They've mm-hmm. survived this. They know how to get around it. Um, these people are a toolbox and a reference point, myself included, you know, so don't just look at it as like the, you know, the privilege curtain being lifted from your eyes and you're seeing how other people feel now, but also you know, you can work together. The, there's also now decades of experience backing you up and they can like help you through. Mm-hmm. So, which I thought was a really cool thing. Um, but also, you know, just a gentle reminder that, you know, you may be experiencing this now, but it's been a thing that's been ongoing for a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it was just, uh, just, just listening to everybody's thoughts and, and stuff was, um, probably one of the best one of the best takeaways um also dorothy kim is like a delight in person and also on twitter yeah <laughs> and she's she's just she's a boss and i and she's i really enjoyed survivor. hearing her talk she's yeah. she, they've been coming for her for a couple of years now and who's they white supremacists great okay yeah <laughs> just checking yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah there was a she, big kerfuffle a couple years oh, ago yeah. over a piece that she'd written Mm. So well, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but yeah. she says basically she sets the rule in her classroom of like no dehumanizing language and 
Um, and that helps nip a lot of that, a lot of the, you know, because one, there was one person in the Q and A at the end who was like, well, what do you do when kids claim free speech about Mm -hmm. this? You know, and she, she had an answer. She was like, first of all, academic freedom in the classroom in a university is not the same as free speech. Mm -hmm. First of all, legally. Mm -hmm. Um, and so you don't have to put up with that nonsense. Also like no dehumanizing language, period, you know, and really just set that up and you're just really practical, like no bullshit. I very much appreciated just being able to sit in on that. So that was that was a big highlight for me too. It was okay. really great. Good. Yeah. Uh so we presented a thing together at the we conference. Sure did. Um we we had a two hour window where we had a PowerPoint. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and some magnets. Yep. And and some dick brackets. So we will have a uh, dick bracket SAA verdicts in um, next week, I think. Yes, next week uh, during our next episode. But in the meantime, you know, we just we we set up and we stood up and we chatted with passerbys for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and it was super including great. Tiffany Stern and some other people including Tiffany Stern um, including a lot of really exciting people um, mm-hmm. you know Gina Bloom we talked to and yeah. uh, Joyce McDonald and mm-hmm. um, some friends of the podcast stopped by some people who had been on the podcast yeah. uh, and some people who had listened and, too some fans that yeah, was kind of cool yeah yeah, it was really exciting. It was like, oh, you're a listener. That's thrilling. Yeah. Um, yeah, they knew us by yeah, our voices, was, which was really cool. So weird. So <laughs> So weird. weird but awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was super fun. Um, you know, if we ever did it again, there are some changes that I would make to how how and what we did. Um, but, yeah. you know, you, you live and learn. Like, we couldn't have foreseen. We at least didn't try to record because yeah, that no. would have been dumb no the few times i did try to record it was in big big group settings where there's a lot of background noise yeah um didn't end up collecting much b-roll actually i was so distracted by all the cool stuff like it most of the time did not occur to me so yeah um uh but that was really fun and successful and um one one of the guys gentlemen scholars professionals who was on the program selection committee so the people who read our application to do this he stopped by and said some lovely lovely things about the work that we do and how thrilled he was to to have us there and how excited he was that the whole committee had really loved our application so yeah the whole committee that was exciting yeah 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 so. so it was cool. We got ourselves out there. We got noticed a little bit. We were, mm-hmm. you know, up against some really steep competition for our time, really. Yeah. Like there were some cool as shit workshops happening, including yeah. one, the, the ASC one that was happening right. at the same time. Um, and Lindsay right. Snyder was in one. So like we missed Lindsay uh-huh. entirely. So like, you know, there were a lot of draws on people's time. So thank you to everybody who did stop yep. by. Um, it, yeah. really, it really meant a lot to us. Yeah. So, and we got to make faces at Mia Gosling the whole time, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> she was right across, across the us. exhibition from us. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I so hung out fun. with her a lot. Anytime I had like a spare twenty minutes, I was like, "Well, I know where to find her. I'll just go sit That's with true. her." That's true. Yeah. So we presented together. Yeah. Jess, what did you present yourself? Yeah. So I did a couple different things. So the thing that I presented that is probably more important, but does not at all feel that way to me. Um, was I had written a paper on The Winter's Tale and Pandosto that we talked a little bit about in our Winter's Tale 201 episode. 
-hmm. I was in a seminar called Science of the Sexed Body in Early Modern Drama. That was the work that I took to that. Um, That was what it was. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it. Um, I don't like the SAA seminar model. I think it's broken and I, I have never found it useful for my own work. I know a lot of people really, really like it, but I think it's really exclusionary towards grad students and the ones that I have been in have been not run super well. Um, the conversation doesn't quite flow. Not everybody gets to participate and it's, it's a balance, you know, I, I, for the uninitiated, can you describe a little bit of yeah, how it does go? So we all, we all write a paper of, you know, 2,500, 3,000 words, something like that, that we circulate months in advance of the, the conference. And then we, often we'll write responses to each other before the conference and then we go and we sit in a room and we have a conversation um but it is never clear what the goal of that conversation is like is this a time to discuss all of our work is this a time to discuss just this topic at large um what is this time for it's never been clear to me and i think there need to be some guidelines and i think i think seminars really need to be capped at maybe eight or ten participants um mine was 13 i've been in ones that are larger Uh, someone i and we were supposed to be 18 and we had a bunch of people drop because of funding and travel conflicts and that's just too big that's too many people you can't have a conversation a good you know productive manageable conversation with that many people in the room and you know the conversation's tend to get dominated by tenured faculty, uh, white faculty, older faculty, grad students get shut out, contingent scholars get shut out, people without affiliations get scut out, get cut out. Um, and it's, I don't like it. Um, and I'm, I'm working on an email to the SAA powers to be like, look, I don't think this model works. And here are a couple of changes that I think that would really improve the system. Um, Mm -hmm. anyway, so that's what a seminar is. That's what I did. It was fine. It was four o'clock on Saturday and we were all just like, but why, (laughs) why are we still upright? Why are we not at the bar or asleep? Um, and then the other thing that I did, uh, was I was a graduate student mutual mentor, um, which was an initiative set up by David Sterling Brown. He of the the paper on race plays and the very sharp suits mm-hmm. and the very handsome face. Um, <laughs> he's at he's at Bing, Binghamton University in mm-hmm. New York. Um, he'd set up this hour on the first day. It was like free coffee for grad students, specifically for grad students. Um, and there there was a group of I think eight of us that had volunteered to sort of like be the the point people on this and help set up and like help facilitate and get people to come and then once people were there to network and talk to them and make them feel included and excited um and that was super super fun and useful and we had a good time um I barely talked to any of the other grad students who helped because we were all talking to other people and even beforehand there was very little time for socializing, but you yeah, know, it was, yeah. it was, I think a really useful, um, a really useful initiative and, you know, grad students love free coffee, I guess. I don't drink coffee. I mean, free or who otherwise. doesn't love free coffee? Well, I mean, free stuff yeah. generally. I mean, I don't like... love free coffee, but I like other things that are free. I like free hot water for my tea. 
I mean, yeah, that's good too. Yeah. Um, so that was a thing that I did, uh, that I, I loved and I thought, you know, this whole SAA was far more inclusive than any other one has ever been. There were a lot of initiatives to, to help make that yeah. a good experience for I people. I really appreciated that yeah. as like a first timer too. That was a really cool trend to see. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I did. What did you do? Well, apart from our digital exhibition, I... Uh, led a workshop at the ungodly hour of 8.30 in the morning You're a on hero. Saturday. You're a hero. Um, I, I led a workshop with uh, my boss and the director of education at the ASC, Sarah Enloe. Um, we called it Distrusting the Text Workshop, and really it was, first of all, just a, an overview. Sarah did the, f- the beginning part of it. Ralph Cohen stopped by to make a few opening remarks, like, hi, hello, I'm Ralph Cohen. <laughs> As he does. Um, <laughs> please come and see us you know, come to Blackfriars, you know, follow up your work by coming to Blackfriars, right. that sort of right. thing. Uh, Sarah took everybody through a few of the staging conditions that we um, that we teach in our workshops that we have gleaned from how our actors work in the rehearsal room mm-hmm. uh, and the training that Jess and I got actually mm-hmm. at the Mary Baldwin Shakespeare and Performance Program. Uh, so things about things about verse and like blocking on the diagonal and thrust staging and, cool. you know, doing it with the lights on, that kind of stuff. And then the, the bulk of it, though, the next like hour and 15 minutes was um, – our, it was a new version of our textual variation workshop, which I have redesigned in which um, there's a, like a written game of telephone basically to show how the um, how the text, uh, how Shakespeare's text went from his hand, his foul papers all the way through to printing. Um, and so we talk a little bit about early modern print culture and how variable it was and how many points of, of entry, I suppose, there are in the text uh, and opportunities for mistakes and emendations and, and things like that. And so really how, like, quote unquote, impure the text is by the time it made it to print or even by the time it made it to cue scripts mm-hmm. um, for the actors to perform. So the game um, kind of showed that, like, uh, I write out in my worst handwriting um, a, a selection of, of, you know, very short few lines of dialogue from a play. Uh, and then it has to re- be recopied in nice cursive by someone in fair copy, which then goes to the Master of Revels, which then goes to actors and they have to write out their own cue scripts. So it's kind of like a compressed and exaggerated version of many of the theories that we think went into, you know, making, getting the text all the way through to rehearsal, making a prompt book, all that sort of thing. Um and one that I have been testing out for the last three or four months on learners of all ages, from university students to uh, the last time before we brought it to this to the conference, um, was with 40 middle schoolers. And uh, when you do it right, it works like a really great relay race. So, like, you can have three or two or three teams, like, competing against each other to see who gets the play up on its feet first. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're competing for audiences, so you really are, like sort of simulating early modern print and theater culture a little bit. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. And it's so fun. And uh, we were so excited about it that we brought the prototype to this workshop and played with it and and got people talking and thinking Mm -hmm. and also got them really excited because our marketing department is working on like making it an actual game that we can sell. Amazing. So that's kind of cool for me. Yeah. Yeah, So it was a fun workshop. Um, Maybe maybe 15 or so people were there because they also were heroes (laughs) at 30 in the morning. But I think they got a lot out of it. I know I did. Um, So it was a lot of fun. One of the girls from my seminar, I went to dinner with her Saturday night afterwards. um, Mm -hmm. And she had gone to that workshop and was like, I "I went to this workshop this morning and I was like, oh, this is my she's my partner. And I was like, she's my business partner. (laughs) 
And she was like, <laughs> well, whatever kind of partner she is, she's lovely. So, um, yeah, Aww. it was nice to nice to hear. People like you. Yeah. People like us, mm, man. Yeah, yeah. We're cool. Yeah. It was, I mean, we're pretty great. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think we made a splash at our first conference together. I know it. <laughs> our first SAA together. I know it won't be the last. Um, I hope not. Yeah, I hope not. Yeah. You know. So that was that was what we all did. Um, yeah. We also saw some people, some yeah, friends, some of our guests. friends of the pod. We saw uh, Paige Reynolds, who was on yes, our Othello 201 episode. Mm-hmm. I ran into her a shit ton. It's like every time I turned around, really? it was Paige. I didn't. I lost her after that first social mixer. Oh, like I yeah. had a really good long conversation with her and I was like, oh my God, it's so great yeah, yeah. to meet you. And then never again. Yeah. <laughs> she I got lost in the sea of people. Literally every time I turned around, it was, <laughs> hi Paige. Nice to see you again. She She's flawless. Yeah. Love Paige. Uh, we saw Lindsay Snyder, who was on yep. our Richard three. Richard the three. 301. 301. Yep. Yeah. Um, I barely again. Only, yeah, me too. Sorry, only once. in passing. Like I waved at her, I think twice, mm-hmm. and one time she tapped me on the shoulder because we were wearing the same shirt, and I was like, ooh, ooh, "I'm twins with Lindsay. That's I'm amazing. fashion twins with Lindsay." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it was like a moment, and we moved on right, right. to other things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, Mia Gosling, who was on Cymbeline 101, she was there rocking the good Tickle Breen merch. Um, yep. Hung out with her a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey Gamble, as we've said, who's Galatea 101. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think those are all the guests. Yeah. yeah. We also saw uh, Jeff and Devery mm-hmm. and, well, I didn't see the third no, person he wasn't from re- remixing The Humanities, he wasn't but I, I got to meet in person. Yeah. Um, Jess and I were guests on their show mm-hmm. on remixing The Humanities. So I got to meet Jeff and Devery, and that was really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, uh, one sort of fun, beautiful thing was, you know, if you listen to this podcast before ever, you've heard Aubrey and I talking about our graduate program at Mary Baldwin University, the Shakespeare performance program. Um, yeah. And after the big luncheon on Friday, all of us who were alums of that program took a picture and there are 14 of us, which is not insignificant. Um, wild that we were all in the same place for as much time as it took to, to take that picture, but wonderful, wonderful community. Yeah. Well, and a 15th person was there. That was Molly Harper, but she was at the ASC booth at the same time. She wasn't in the picture, but so 15 total 14 at that picture, which is still incredible. Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, Yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, so that was that was what we did over the weekend. Yep. I'm still tired. Really full weekend. <laughs> I'm yeah. still tired, but so worth <laughs> it. My ears are still ringing because at every social event, uh-huh. it was like it was so loud. I felt like I'd been to a rock concert. My ears were ringing. I'm just an old lady now. I just need to take like earplugs yeah. and like I mean, take care of myself. <laughs> my voice has not recovered at yeah, all. Yeah, same for yeah. You know, basically having two days in the car by myself. Uh, but I taught yep. today and then did the other thing. So, which I guess yeah. brings us to our other news. <laughs> yeah, Jess, tell us all what else you did today. Um, so today I defended my dissertation prospectus, which means I am now a PhD candidate, and there's nothing standing Yay. between me and the doctorate except for actually writing the dissertation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're so proud. It's cool. It's cool. It's a big deal. Um, I am now what they call in the biz ABD, so all but dissertation. 
So now I just have like have to write a 200 page document. It's fine. Yeah, Don't but it's worry still, about it's it. It's like one hurdle, one more hurdle down. Yeah. You know, everybody's been on this journey with you through your comps yeah. and taking your exams and now defending your perspectives. It's like one hurdle after another. You're lighting them on fire. I know. So, it's wild to think that we started this podcast when I wasn't even really thinking about comps. And now. Yeah. Yeah. And now you're ABD. Now That's ABD. so great. That's yeah. So great. Um, I'm congratulations. I'm like the highest tier grad student there is now, which is thrilling. Awesome. Um, all right. So now we also have a correction. Uh, <laughs> yes, I'm really anxious to hear what you have to say about so this one. <laughs> tiny. So, um, okay. A long time ago, we, we had said in, in the two gents episode, we were like, Everyone in Shakespeare in Love auditioned with What Light is Light, but right. then we were well, like, yeah. no, that was I, wrong. I, I was wrong. So about then that. in that correction, <laughs> oh no, what did we do? We were what talking about Baby John Webster, um, yeah. you know, who's in the movie, and you had yeah. said I, something along, you know, oh, I love him, and he's so weird and brutal, and he's dangling the yeah. rats in front of the cat. But they're not rats, they're mice. <laughs> oh my god. It's so okay. pedantic, but I just watched the movie last Monday and then oh, listened to did. the episode while I was driving up to SAA. And oh, I was my like, goodness. I, I, this cannot stand. <laughs> this cannot stand. <laughs> I just, I need people to know that we really know the film. Like, we really do. We know. really do. We really do. We really do. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's it. That's that's what I got. <laughs> oh, wow. That is pedantic. But you know what? I wouldn't expect any less coming out of a literally pedantic conference yeah. full of pedants. Yeah. So it's fine. You've you've been flexing that muscle all weekend. Uh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's not the only muscle I've been flexing all weekend, if you know what Girl, I mean. Girl, what? Because I got What's... these guns. Look at that. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. Podcast is not perhaps the best medium for bragging no. about my sick Jess muscles. Is... Jess's biceps are very impressive. They're so, so impressive. Look at that. Look at, Look at that. Good. Yeah, there's some real definition um, there. Hey, it's really great. Aubrey, do you <laughs> do you have a good vet in the area? Oh Jesus. I feel like I'm being led into a joke. Um Yeah, I do. Good, because I need a recommendation so I can get some snake medicine because these pythons are sick. Oh my god. For our listeners, I just flexed my arm muscles just just flexed at me like a douchebag <laughs> you can thank our friend kyle butler for that joke no you can't just kidding i said that to him you can thank my friend that you never met alex for that joke <laughs> i believe that kyle said that joke though too uh, he definitely I would I, well i said it to him and then was like you're welcome you can take that to the bank. Anyway, wow. that brings us to our end, I suppose. We've birdwalked. Wow. Um, so thank you so much for listening. We hope you leave this podcast more informed than when you started. Yeah, and we'd like to encourage everybody to, you know, seek out a conference of your community of people. Mm-hmm. I guess if, if that's the takeaway today, come to SAA, STA, Blackfriars, or if that's not your bag, find something else. Yeah. But it's a really invigorating experience no matter what the conference is. So do that do that thing try it for yourself uh, and also tune in next week for three henry six 101 Ooh, it's one of the worst henry's Ooh, it is not it absolutely don't is. it is totally not it's the rise of richard the third yeah you get to see him like ugh, snore you're the worst <laughs> oh my gosh someone has to hate the henry's right, not someone is me yeah okay. wham it out well anyway wham it out <laughs> 
If you liked this podcast, subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or Google Play. For show notes and other fun things, you can visit our website at www.hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com. Or you can drop us an email at holla at hurlyburlyshakespeareshow.com. You can find us on Instagram at hurlyburlyshakes. Or at hurlyburlyshake on Twitter. The Hurley Burley Shakespeare Show was produced and edited by Jess Hamlet and Aubrey Whitlock. Our fantastic theme music was composed by Jonathan Shu. You can learn more about him at jonathanshu.com or find his albums on iTunes. All opinions you heard on this podcast are our own and are not at all affiliated with our institutions of work and or study. It's been six months since I've been on the road, got out of jail six months ago. I feel like I'm knocking on Satan's door, cause to tell the truth I can't take it no more. Drinks at the Scholars of Color Mixer. And Jess has informed me for the second night in a row that we're not having dinner together because... Jess, who are the special people you're dining with? Because I want to know how connected you are. Who that is. So good for you.